Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Well, welcome, parents, to the month of May. Welcome to Crazy Cool Family. We're excited to have you here today, and we are going to talk about building a great childhood. So every parent wants to build a great childhood for their kids, a childhood where they're going to be loved. And now let me just ask you, Suzanne, what do you think about when you think about building a great childhood for your kids? Yeah, that's good. The first thing that comes to mind is just like, um, like joy and peace, you know, those type things, but laughter for sure. And then um, intentionality, parents, as you interact with your kids, just to be present, be there, listen to them, um, join them in whatever struggle it is that they're in, whether that's they've got a boo-boo when they're little to when they're heading off to prom, just be in there for them. Yeah, time for children to play and grow strong and be loved and encouraged. So we are talking to our siblings this month about how... Not our siblings. Well, no, they're... Our children. Our children. How about that? (laughs) So we're talking, the siblings are going to be on uh, our children, their siblings to each other. And we're going to just ask them questions about their childhood, how their childhood was growing up. And we want to give you some experiences with them. So, Okay, so we have um, Michael and Molly. I guess I should say Molly and Michael because Molly was first and then Michael. Um, But so, Michael, tell us a little bit about Molly. So Molly is the first oldest in the family, the first oldest. She's the first (laughs) born and the oldest. Perfect. In the family. And Molly is really like the heart of our family. Molly is the reason a lot of times that we come together. She's the planner. She plans where we're going, <laughs> what we're going to do, especially what we're going to wear. Important. Um, very important. It's Molly's, a fashion degree. Yeah. Paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> Molly is the one that is like the life of the party. She's the one that plans everything. And if we get together, it's because Molly has planned everything. She's the heartbeat of the family. And so Michael, tell us, no, no. Now, Molly, you tell us a little bit about Michael. Mom's probably going to get us confused a lot because she did that with our names growing Growing up up, all the time. (laughs) All the time. Someone. Um, But Michael is like the coolest person ever. Um, But not you're too cool for school, not going to talk to you, just your I'm cool and everyone wants to be friends with me kind of guy. And he would never say that about himself. Um, but that's what everyone would say about him. He is incredibly wise. Um, he's hilarious, but he doesn't really talk very much. When he does, though, the things that come out of his mouth are wise and funny. And it, when we gather together as a family and Michael's not there, it's kind of like something's missing. Um, and we're a good pair because if Michael doesn't talk a lot, I talk a ton, so (laughs) we fill in the the gaps well, yes. And you guys are 10 years apart, right? Right. And so... But you're both the firstborn. Like, Molly's the firstborn of the girls, and then Michael's the firstborn boy, Boy, and then there's boys after him. And so so your childhood was very different, because Molly, when you were growing up, let's say when you were 10 years old, 
you were the you were one child, but then you had maybe a couple of you know a few younger sisters. Michael, when you grew up, there were people all around you. You know, you had yeah. younger and older, <laughs> and some people leaving for college and everything else. So. Let's just talk about what was daily life like. Let's start with you, Molly. What was daily life like for you when you were, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old? Well, there was a lot of baby doll playing in dollhouse. Mom was a very big advocate that if we were going to be mommies when we grew up, we needed a lot of practice when we were little. (laughs) Um, So we would split the playroom in half, and half of it would be my house, and half of it would be Madeline and Macy's, and we would play babies all day. And then five o'clock mom would say, dad's going to be home in an hour. Everyone has to clean up right now. And we would sing the cleanup song. Um, clean up, clean yes, up. Everybody <laughs> everywhere. Um, and, and you were homeschooled. That's why right. you were there. Yes. All day. all day. Yeah. So that as a different aspect, I didn't go to school until I was 13 in sixth grade. Um, and so Part of growing up for me, well, that let's, was... Let's, let's help. You went to school. you just not at a school okay, place. Yeah. You actually did school. This is true. I did school at home in my pajamas. It was very kind cool. because there's a lot of siblings that came, so there were several maternity leaves by your <laughs> right. teacher. Which is interesting because my personality is type A. I like things to be in order. I'm a make-a-to-do list for my to-do list kind of person, and mom is not, which is why I think she was so amazing with seven kids. And so I can remember from an early age five, six, seven, being frustrated when I would wake up and mom would be in bed and I would want our life to be organized and I would want to do school. Or maybe even start. Right. Yeah. Just have a, have a day just at all. Just Just start with it. Um, you know, there was like one day a month where we were super organized and that was the day before the maids came because we had to get everything clean for the maids, which we all thought was hilarious and stupid at the same time. Um, but that that was a rub growing up for sure is that we had mom wasn't organized and I was and we kind of had to learn to figure that out and what that looked like and how to meet in the middle there. But mainly growing up was a lot of fun, a lot of using our imagination, a lot of playing with our brothers and sisters, a lot of go outside in the backyard and get fresh air, you need sunshine, things like that. Yeah, definitely. I would say the childhood, I think our childhood is very different right? in the sense of our parents were more strict with you. I remember you all the time would say, whenever I was 12 years old, I could not spend the night at a friend's house. Watch that movie, watch wear that, that thing. Or yeah. anything. And my childhood seemed a little more lax and laid back with the parents. Because um, it was. Because it was. Um, no hard feelings. Our childhood was a lot of going to y'all's sporting events and going, like I remember playing while y'all were playing basketball, we would be in the other gym playing whatever with a bunch of friends and playing Legos with my little brothers and even Mackenzie, our older sister, we'd play Legos with her too. Um, but it was a lot of our older sisters taking care of us because mom was having a kid or doing <laughs> something. And so that is kind of childhood was a close bond already because you all took so much care of us laying our clothes out and getting us ready for church. And you've been making my outfits (laughs) for my whole life, essentially laying them out, (laughs) laying them out. Yeah. No sewing here. But you know, you guys also played a lot of sports, right? You were just saying, going to each other's games and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So a lot of time in the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Michael, you remember your sisters coming to your sporting events 
Yes, that. I wish I didn't remember. That. <laughs> you loved <laughs> it. You loved it. I remember I was little, probably playing baseball. I played a lot of baseball growing up, and every time we'd go to the championship game or we would make it far into a tournament, all four of my sisters would show up and sit in the middle of the bleachers and just scream and scream and scream. We were so, so proud of you. Y'all were so, so loud. They were so obnoxious. <laughs> so obnoxious. In the quiet, slow game of baseball, there's four girls in the bleachers just high-pitched screaming the entire time. <laughs> But so would you say that, you know, when you looked at the houses, the house you grew up in or the environment, the culture you grew up in is and then look at somewhere your friends grew up. Uh, what would you say about our house and maybe other houses that were that you were at each other's houses, uh, the, the, the environment, the culture of those homes and what was good and what was what, what made you scared and what you loved? Yeah, I think our house, despite having so many small children, there was definitely chaos. It was a mess. There was toys everywhere. Um, it was so peaceful. You know, it, there's so much love mom and dad, you guys would talk about the honesty of the struggles of your marriage or things that were going on in your faith, but you never fought in front of us ever. Um, and so that it just was peaceful that way. And then you really pushed for and created and wanted us to have peaceful relationships between both of us. Mom, you mentioned intentionality earlier in creating a childhood and you were intentional in everything you said to us and all the ways that you disciplined us. And I think for me, going to friends' houses, um, the biggest difference was I knew that no matter if I came home and made a mistake or messed up or got in trouble, quote unquote, when I went to my friends' houses, their parents were judgmental towards them sometimes, or I felt that the way that their parents were going to be if we did something wrong or didn't go to bed at a sleepover when we were supposed to, that they were going to come down on us. And at our house, it was more, hey, that, that's not how we act. That's, that's not what the Mannings do. Or you even included us in on, okay, you made this decision. How, you know, what are the consequences of that? And what do we feel like the best action is to take for that? So what'd y'all get in trouble for? Going back to that real quick of saying like what was different about the houses, I think one of the things that was really different as I started going over to friends' houses and say like, or someone would come over to our house and they'd be like, hey dude, I'm thirsty, can I get a drink of water? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it's right there, go get it. Because that's what mom would always do is I'd be like, hey mom, I need some water. And she's like, get it yourself. <laughs> and she would give I'm us busy. responsibility. And that's how you have seven children. <laughs> you empower them to serve themselves. And that's it. And so I would go to friends' house and... I'd be like, hey, can I get a drink of water or something like that? And their mom would like bust out of the room and get it for me and like hand it to me or give me a sandwich or something like that. And I was always kind of like taken back because like I always did that from ourselves just because mom would teach us <laughs> Since how you were to two. do it. Since we were young, we would make our own food and she just gave us that responsibility. Um, and I think that's something different in the household. Right. And it caused us to be a little more independent. Independent. And yeah. But I think what we got in trouble for, number one, was not getting along with our brothers yeah. and sisters. That was just not an option. We had to. And then I think, you know, talking back or if we asked mom to do something and she said no. And then we went and asked dad. That was, I remember asking. Ooh, that was bad. Yeah. Asking to go to. <laughs> That's because Don and I were never on the same page. So we needed our children to be. Well, yeah. We would, I remember wanting for to sure. always yeah. hang out with friends after church. And church yeah. on Sundays was nap time. No matter how old we were, we went home on Sundays and took naps because that is a day of rest. And so I would ask mom and she would say, oh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, go ask your dad. And I would go to dad and say, mom said I could go to so-and-so's house which was not the case. So then got in trouble for lying. I don't know. Yeah, that. you know, that just that makes me think about just the Sabbath thing. You know, 
that wasn't a way of life when we started our home, but over time, and, and you guys didn't like that really no. No. at all. But you like it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would tell us after Sunday, they would say, go to your room. You don't have to sleep. Just go in your room and sit there for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> you'll like fall that. asleep. You, you, you will. Just bed. go lay in your bed. <laughs> something holy about the Sabbath day. That's all I have to say. Um, what are some other things you guys would get in trouble for? Definitely. It was, I think the biggest thing, like you said, Molly was our siblings and not getting along with our siblings. Um, lying. That was the big no, no with dad. Cannot lie. Um, but what, what, when you got in trouble, um, you were mentioning how some things were different when you looked at how other kids got in trouble. So when we're building this childhood for you guys, what do you remember about how we processed, quote unquote, trouble? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was you defined what a Manning was and who a Manning was and what it looked like to be a part of our family. And then everything kind of flowed from that. So Mannings don't tell lies. Mannings don't throw fits. Mannings, you know, for me as a girl, it was Mannings act this way around boys or Mannings wear these kinds of clothes, that sort of thing. And all of that was synonymous with because we follow Jesus and we love Jesus and not even because Jesus is a rule follower and commandments and all that sort of stuff. It was just, we love Jesus and we follow what he asks us to do. And as a Manning, that's what we're called to do. And so I think that from that created the conversation of when we got in trouble or we did something outside of those realms, um, that's where the conversation started. It wasn't from a place of judgment or you failed us. It was just, hey, that's not how we act. Right. I think it was it was not y'all condemning us, but inviting us to a better opportunity. Right. And so like I remember me and Maddox would not be friends growing up. Like we were <laughs> I was a punk to him and we were just not good friends. But every single time after I get a lecture from dad or something like that, mom would come back in and say, Hey, Maddox is really cool. Y'all are gonna be best friends. And like that was like so mind boggling to me whenever <laughs> I was a little kid because that was like not I could not see that happening at all. And like these past two years of my life, me and him have become best friends. And like, I'm just now seeing like the fruit of my mom just speaking that into mm-hmm. me and like declaring that over to me. Um, so I think that is where it really changes is if she was just going to get, get mad at me and condemn right. me for getting my, mad at my little brother, right. our relationship would not be what it is right now. But because she was inviting me to something better, right. I could see where I'm going and now we're best friends. Right. Yeah. It's almost like you, you wanted to be a part of what they were inviting you into and they oh. included you in creating that culture and creating what a Manning looked like and creating how we acted as a Manning. Right. Well, that also worked. And we were talking before this, uh, kind of preparing for this about the transition to Jesus being your best friend yeah. in our family and how you went through that process. And uh, let, just explore a little bit of that for us. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> that before I even followed Jesus, I probably followed Madeline, my mm-hmm. older sister, while she was following Jesus. Yeah, because she was at home when you right, were there. Molly, was had, Molly was in college when you were going through this stage, but Madeline was the one that was here and was the oldest at that time. Right, and she was the top dog. She was the coolest at yeah, the time just because sure. Molly was not here. Um, but I was like, whatever's happening in Madeline's life, like I want that too because she was pursuing Jesus. She was loving Jesus. And so I think that her setting that model, her setting that standard, that bar, like left it up to me. I'm like, okay, that's what I can reach too. 
and eventually through a lot of work and processing, Madeline's like, hey, it's Jesus. Like, that's who I'm following. <laughs> it's answer, not me. Yeah. yeah, it's Jesus. That's what you're, you're missing or anything. And so she showed you something that your other middle school friends <clears throat> weren't quite doing. It didn't, right. didn't hold it for you when they were going through their stuff, right? Right. Madeline's life looked a lot more attractive than my middle school's friends' lives. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. and you tried the middle school friend life a little bit. Right. I mean, you dabbled in that a little bit. You test, you tested the waters to see what it was like, but you came out on the other side and just realized that God's bigger. Jesus is better. Right. It's just, and it took, it did, for some people it does take like having to go through it mm-hmm. to realize how much better it really is. And for me it did. I had to go through the sin. I had to go through the world to realize, man, Jesus is so much better but it was because Madeline set that example that I got to come back to that whenever it was my time to come back to it. How, how did growing up a Manning like, make you who you are today? Michael, you're about to head off to college, and Molly, you're a new mom. And so at this season in life, how did that childhood foundation of being a Manning create who you are today? I think for me, it, I mean, Michael and I have just kept saying this over and over again is, we're a Manning and because we were a Manning and mom and dad created that culture around, this is what Mannings do. And, and it's, it's important to note that there was a lot more conversations around this is who Mannings are and what they do, not this is what Mannings don't do, because that's not always life giving, but Mannings were leaders and Mannings were beloved sons and daughters and Mannings, you know, loved their brothers and sisters and were best friends and Mannings chose life with our words and with our actions. And so, um, for me, even as I went into college and, you know, Michael and I, it's kind of interesting in how we're set up is we are probably the two of all the children. I mean, I guess Kate's still little verdict's still out, but of all of the kids, we were kind of the two that chose the world for a little bit. I went to college and kind of built a community around worldly decisions, not necessarily a community around Jesus decisions. And that entire time it was, I wasn't choosing what a Manning did. I was choosing what the world did. And I was missing out. Like, you know, a lot of times kids go to college and they choose that life because they feel like they're missing out on what the world has to offer. And I did it for a little bit and realized I was missing out on what the kingdom had to offer. And it was because mom and dad created for us from a very, very early age that as a Manning, we choose kingdom things. And so being a Manning, therefore, then created for the rest of my life, the automatic thoughts, the automatic actions of I love Jesus and everything flows from that. And as I'm raising a son and as a family um, with Damien, we've talked about, well, what does our family do? How do we shape that culture? How are we going to give our kids that kind of, hey, this is what we do because this is what Jesus calls us to do. Um, And that can be applied to anything. You know, you can, anything you do in life comes from what you were commissioned, I guess, as a kid early on. And we were commissioned to be Mannings and to be world changers and kingdom followers. Yeah, and I think it really is the concept of always being invited into something better. Right. With like whenever, like going through middle school and like going through this worldly phase, as you said, um, man, Mackenzie, my older sister, was always, always inviting me to something better. Mm -hmm. Always inviting me to get out of this, I think y'all call it the funk phase that I was in, (laughs) just through middle school. Middle school. (laughs) Bless middle schoolers. And Mackenzie was always there. Well, yes, I felt like um, but she was always there to invite me just to something better. So I think that that is 
like a lot more of what it is of like mm-hmm. not necessarily condemning. Mackenzie not once said, I can't believe you're doing that, right. which she had so much right to right. say that. But she was like, hey, want to come hang out with me and my friends and do this? Or, hey, you want to yeah. come and go to church with me and this? And so it's just always inviting us to do something that's better than where we were before. Which is what you'll do in college, I feel like, too. Yeah. Like, that's what created and how being a Manning helped you, I think. Right. And so let's wrap up on that. Parents, you know, we talked about how, to, how we're building an awesome childhood for our kids. Let's end with that statement is, you know, so many times kids feel like they are missing out and therefore they go to the world. They want to abandon their family because they think they're missing out. Let's flip that. We need to create a culture in our homes and in our and with our God and in our homes where our children feel like they're missing out if they go the way of the world. That's kind of what you guys are saying, right? Yeah, yeah. But you felt like that you were and you didn't know it at the time. Right. But you you were 13 years old or 15 years old or even in college and you start going hey, I am missing out if I don't follow the ways of God. And okay, yeah, it's a narrow road. Yeah, I'm making some decisions and I may not be doing some things that my friends get or get to do, quote unquote. But in reality, we are missing out. If we, we need to create a culture in our homes where our kids feel like, which is true, they are missing out if we don't follow because God has everything to offer to us. Yeah, and I just want to say that... Um, the enemy is alive and well, and he's out to kill, still and destroy. And he wants to do that with your kids. He wants to pull them in with the ways of the world, whether that's technology, friends, um, love, sex, rock and roll, whatever it is. <laughs> he's got a plan and he's got a ploy. He And he's out for your kids and he wants them. Um, but so does God. And so does the kingdom. The kingdom has a purpose and the kingdom has a plan. And the plan is your family. And that's the minutes and the time that you invest in your kids and what happens happens underneath the roof in your home, that's where you're going to win. That's where you're mm-hmm. going to get them to choose God is in those, in your bedtimes, in your bath times, in your dinner times, in the car going to and from, when you um, weave Jesus into the conversation, when you worship at church together or whatever that is, that's how you build that place that they want to choose. Yeah. So let's wrap up. Give you a takeaway, which says, go talk about with your spouse and say, what is it we're going to build our home on? Yeah. What do we want? What do we want? To, what, whatever your last name is, Jones, Johnson, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. What do you want the Johnson family to look at? What do you want the Jones family to look like? And start to think about how you're going to instill that in your home. Write down three things. Don't, don't overwhelm yourself. Write down three things and say, And then do one. <laughs> and then do one. And then we're going to uh, try to implement their home. So, so glad you're with us today. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Ma- uh, Michael, not Madeline. See, you're both parents. Molly, Madeline, one of those. <laughs> love you guys and uh, love you parents out there listening to us. Go be crazy parents. CrazyCoolFamily.com.